The best part of waking up is something in your butt. <laughs> Did I do that one before? Oh, okay, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. My ratchet ass don't know how to act. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Vicariously Merlin. We are going to be discussing season three, episode two and three. I have already seen the series. However, this is my recap and review that I never got to do. And I'm so happy I am with my two lovely friends Shy and Mimi who have some feedback for later on in the episode. Our first one, we've had uh, some pretty good episodes these last three and I know that some of my favorite are not even uh, seen yet so I, I am enjoying this re-journey through one of my favorite series of all time. Before we do jump into the recap and review, some housekeeping. So next up on the roster for this week, ending it out, will be Doom Patrol episode six of season one. Then next week, we are going to start introducing a few new shows and wrapping some older ones up. So on the 27th Sunday, we'll have Utopia season one episode one i'm not sure if this is a mini series or if it is an actual season so we'll figure that part out we have chernobyl episode four on monday tuesday doom patrol episode seven wednesday 13 reasons why episode 11 and then we're going to do the season or series finale for chernobyl episode five on friday the first of the month wake up wake up wake up for those who get they check and go home uh <laughs> that's not payday for me and i don't get shit from the government on uh wait that was not even the first on a thursday who am i talking about <laughs> that was not a friday friday the second is when we will be starting the hbo max series that i'm really looking forward to because my baby Travis Fimmel is in it and I ain't seen Ragnar in nothing in a minute and I, I, I'm hearing good things about this so it was made by Ridley Scott and that is a name that I thoroughly enjoy I love me some fucking aliens so Raised by Wolves episode one on Friday the second and then episode two of Utopia on Saturday the 3rd as well as Vicariously Merlin episodes 4 and 5. So we got ourselves a pretty fucking busy week. And uh, hopefully you will tune in for some of those other shows. But for Merlin tonight we are going to first discuss The Tears of Uther Pendragon Part 2. Written by Julian Jones, directed by Jeremy Webb. This episode premiered September 18th of 2019. This was almost a perfect score for me, 9.9 .9 out of 10. I love the fact that we got such a cinematic type of episode of Merlin. It was new. It was bold. Sure did it 
Was it the, uh, would it be any Game of Thrones level or what's the other one? Lord of the Rings? No, but I think it did what it needed to do for this series and it was a lot of fun to see. And I like when shows just swing for the fences and they commit to it. And I am happy that they took that risk in the challenge. We pick up with Merlin, who has been saved by the dragon, not only from the scorpions that were after him, but the circus poison that was running through his veins and killing him by an enchantment. He thanks him for coming like, oh, I can't believe that you answered my call. And he's like, well, Merlin, you're a dragon lord. I can never not answer your call even if I wanted to and last we spoke we were on good terms and you were merciful to me so of course I would save your life from the bitch I told you to kill 20 years ago but the enchantment is going to take time to heal so he needs to chill out Morgana meanwhile and Camelot is watching the guards at Uther's door and she makes a ploy using smoke to get them away from the door which is smart but y'all couldn't have left one just one as y'all go investigate because what's the point of having any guards if you don't at least have a guard and then she goes in to giddily torture uther and i forgot being mad about the guards because i enjoy when she is nefariously evil after a nap merlin confesses to the great dragon maybe i should have listened to you about morgana because everything is all my fault right now and she is about to take over camelot or her and Murgos have some plan what's new is what the dragon is thinking but he don't say that because he has learned his lesson <laughs> and decided to namaste instead of being so bitter and says that you know trust is a double-edged sword my friend and it is your determination determination to see good in people that will be your undoing but he also tells him the fates have now intertwined your destinies she is the light to your or you are the light to her darkness and merlin still insists that they leave despite the dragon being like you're three days away and he's like who says i'm gonna walk there and commandeers the dragon for a ride i believe i can fly i believe i can touch the sky i think about it every night and day spread my wings and fly away there was no point in this episode in which i looked at the cgi effects and i went that was great <laughs> But at the same time, I did not hate them. And that's a good balance for me. Y'all remember the show Passions? I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, I used to be really into Passions. And that's probably why when you are a kooky type of show like that on a very silly premise, it's easier for me to be forgiving. I think I brought this up before of the special effects because like Cursed, I was dragging the shit out of that which apparently earned me the nickname by some people as a special effects snob and it's fair 
However, with this show, there are times in which I'm like, man, this is awful, but <laughs> I'm not taking points off. Why am I not taking points off? But yeah, they had the whole uh, I'm Kate on the fucking bow of the Titanic moment with him. The dragon deposits him in the only place in space away from Camelot that no one will see this big ass dragon <laughs> dropping off this kid and says that Erlen, now you need to know Arthur's destiny in the future of Albion lies in your hands. Our universe is doomed! Doomed! He told him to be strong. He should have said, don't be fucking stupid. I love that Merlin can piss off of his job for two whole days and he is not executed or in prison because Arthur did come looking for him and then Gaius was like, yeah, he ain't came home. He ain't with you. I thought he was with you. Gaius has no urgency in his soul whatsoever. I don't know if you've seen too much, done some things. I have <laughs> no understanding of Gaius's reaction sometimes. Sometimes he's a cold motherfucker. Other times he is a fucking coward. And then you have these moments where your ward and this child is missing for a whole 24 hours and no one has seen him and you literally went to sleep like any other parent because you love him like a son right may have actually went looking and searching beyond the castle perimeter and would have waited up for him visiting Gwen I don't know but he clearly was not putting out any effort or uh, missing posters on the back of any milk cartons for Merlin he wakes him up and tells him we need to go see Uther because I know what's going on it's Morgana he catches Gaius up on the fact that she is the person responsible for what is happening to Uther still unguarded they just casually walk into the room and the king is in a fetal position in the side of the room he can still see his dead wife as well as the children that he drowned and merlin destroys the mandrake gaius gives uh, uther some medicine puts him to bed he's going to start to recover but it's going to take time Merlin then tells Gaius, we have to tell Uther Morgana is responsible. Are you fucking dumb? Gaius tells Merlin, that man knows exactly who's fucking responsible for being a traitor in Camelot. He is blind to her faults and it's a mystery to all of us. But ain't nobody fooled, including that man somewhere deep in his psyche. So I don't know why you think putting your ass in the middle of this shit is going to do anything except get you executed. Merlin yells at Arthur for the mess he's made in the little time that he has been missing. Never mind, he's not giving any actual reasons why he's been missing, even though he does say the truth, I was dying. And then tells Arthur that he is a grumpy morning person without his breakfast, so he's going to go fix uh, get that ASAP. Morgana sees Merlin with Arthur in the courtyard and is not happy whatsoever with Gwen, who's been very subtly studying her mistress since the return. I got my eyes on you. 
like there's no closeness between them the way it used to be and she you know she says my lady she she's very uh more aware of her station with morgana than she was previously and we see that morgana is not reaching out for that relationship either then morgana goes to look for the mandrake but it is gone gaius busts her like oh did you lose something oh my earring you know i thought i dropped it in here and he tells her guess what we found out that uther was enchanted and now it'll be over and he'll make a full recovery and morgana is not happy about this she then pulls merlin into a, a clove and tells him don't make me kill you leon who has been scouting what's been going on at the borders of camelot comes back with news that sinrid's army has amassed twenty thousand men and are marching and will be here in two days time question for the room how is the court physician allowed to offer military advice what he thinks his father would do he doesn't want to show weakness and so he orders a siege and to get everyone into the castle wall and prepare for that the villagers will lose everything possibly yes but they'll be alive because they are outnumbered two to one merlin being a little too cheerleaderly in the hallway i didn't like as much as usually i love the bromance moments because sometimes Merlin just be a little too much with it. I think we've all said this on numerous occasions. And this is one of them where he's like, don't worry. You know, you were so great in there talking about catapults and all of this. And you're, you're so, you'll have me. I'll be by your side protecting you. And it sounds ridiculous. And it points out once again, in my opinion, that Merlin is kind of vain. He's ridiculously so. And there are times where it slips out Sinred and Morgos meet up and he says the army will be here by nightfall and she's not impressed because she says I'll believe it when I see it and then when I see it I will deliver you the best feast you ever had including his booty because you know booty was on the list Gwen goes to see Arthur and I have an Arwen moment um this is the one he wants to speak to I hate to bust it to Merlin, but he always want to be that pep talker, but Merlin is still a child and he needs to let the adults have conversations that feel more like, yeah, like what Gwen gives him in this moment versus what Merlin gave him. I definitely see the contrast and I appreciate that Gwen knocks and, and while she's getting more comfortable seeking out Arthur and speaking with him she does so during quiet hours right always when he's alone uh, she minds her station saying I'm not intruding am I she doesn't overstep even though it's always implied by Arthur that you can overstep as much as you want ma'am I will not mind it one bit and yet she continues to make sure it is cordial between them as far as respectful because she is not a booty call and he don't want her to be one 
even though he wants that extra closeness. What he gets from Gwen and that Merlin is a sounding board. He gets to ask her, what is the people thinking? Because she is there. She's speaking with people. People speak to her. She's part of the castle and that she will tell him honestly what is happening. She says that they're glad that he's taken charge. And he says he's putting them through a siege and that he would rather have his father by him because she asks how he's doing and she tells him that he needs to have more faith in himself and then he start she can see that he's starting to worry in the way that merlin was seeing him worry except merlin was just trying to comp overcompensate right doing the what other word can i say other than cheerleading <laughs> he, he wants to motivate him in the way that you just tell them all the great things that they are but she also adds in some wisdom advice she rushes forward to a initiate con physical contact which is rather new between them and she tells them that worry is not wise counsel and that she has trust in him above any man including uther and that he has to do what is right in his heart only he knows that and it's exactly what he needs to hear which is trust yourself you got this don't worry i have faith in you and that faith is also i think reflective of the people but also that personal relationship they got and notice how he always has his mother's wedding band on his finger and i noticed that when he covered her hand and then we got the look and man they can give so much without kissing like i don't even know how people who love wes allen could ever deal with this show because <laughs> it is romantic to the t and it does not include any swapping of spit like almost never but it still hits you in all of the right feels because you see like because they let the moment go on and on and on and you're like oh my god kiss they just they let the chemistry explode on the screen between the actors and you're just pushing closer and i'm just sticking their head like okay are they gonna kiss are they gonna kiss oh my goodness i've already imagined them kissing and then she says i have to go sire and then he says ever so softly when she gets across the room there is no need to call me that and i was like someone please call 911 tell them i have been shot down tell them i just been shot down and it's piercing through my soul feel my butt let's control control Good. someone please call 911 why are they trying to kill me like this and then she says there is every need sire basically in your essence you are the king own it bitch i'll be here for you <laughs> and the way he looks at his arm where her hand was they was massacring me in this scene morgana meets with Morgos in the forest and tells her that shit that little shit merlin thwarted our damn plan and i can't even believe it this little tiny little boy but Margot says it's all good no issue the root it did its job sinrid will be here in a day and you still need to do your part which requires a very powerful staff that was wielded by a priestess and now will be wielded by morgana 
to rise the dead. That's not what's stated at this moment, but it's what happens. Morgana mentions that her magic is still too weak, but Murgos tells her that the staff will do its job. And I also like that Murgos has absolute confidence in Morgana because even Morgana is starting to feel insecure. And she says, I won't let you down. She says, I know, I don't even doubt it. We get a glimpse of King Arthur, what he would be as King Arthur as he prepares for the fight to come. <laughs> I don't know if we needed the scene where Merlin was getting all of the food just because he doesn't want to see Merlin or, or Arthur grumpy if he's not fed. And he's like, I got your favorite pickled eggs. And you can tell that Arthur has never ate that a day in his life. He's like, you better fucking be giving that to the villagers because that is not going on my morning plate but he is in his element as he is ordering people around and getting everything ready and we see a little moment between him and Gwen where he just nods to her and it's just so chivalrous and I can't and then we actually get a fucking battle man an actual siege battle with some catapults and the army outside the gates and it's just it was cool we got some actual action, some sword fighting. Leon had a moment. Everybody had a moment in there. Even Uther waking up out of his bed, realizing that Camelot is in danger. And then when he came down them castle steps with his fucking armor on with a sword, he was looking kind of badass. I was digging it. And then I was like, did that actor lose some weight? Because I feel like he straight up got skinnier between season two. <laughs> in season three Merlin tells Gaius to keep an eye on Morgana which why did you need to go leave Arthur's side just to go tell him that and he's like yeah I I know <laughs> who's with Gwen fixing the injured then Uther starts to handle some business and I will say I mean before Arthur dragged him away he, he was holding his own but they're like you can't be on the front lines plus we don't know what your mental health we don't know if you're gonna go in out i understand him taking precautions but he also gets an arrow to the leg because of it and it's arthur's fault arthur calls a retreat merlin makes a fire blaze in the direction of the enemy blocking their retreat which was pretty sick that was probably the best uh use of the special effects gaius you had one job one job and i'm thinking of my favorite loki meme when i'm saying you had one job morgana gets away yo old ass can't keep up so i guess that makes sense arthur uh takes the arrow out of uther and tells him that you are still too ill and to trust me in this battle because you keep telling me what to do and i have accounted for everything except for the undead army the citadel is what Morgos wants, not the town when Sid Red reports that we have taken said town. And he wonders, where is your part in this plan? He says, or she says to be patient. Morgana, I love her badass pants outfit. This ain't the first time we will see it. And I am not unhappy every time I see it afterwards. Goes to the crypt and inserts the staff. I thought... This was a nice touch to see all of the magical people or the people who are close to magic be aware of the change. 
thought that was a nice dead silence moment and then she raises an undead army to make the knights fight on two fronts katie mcgrath's evil looks are the best but that skeleton army though nope y'all remember scary movie two when or was it three no it was two when they was in the house and brenda was like and they was all scared of the creature that was chasing them and they was like he just some bones look he ain't even scary <laughs> i was having that moment and then they fucked with him and rearranged the skeleton i need to rewatch that that's a great movie merlin never fucking follows order why would your you are still a servant bruh and sometimes you think you a goddamn knight of camelot he says go to the hospital and make sure they they seal it off and he gonna stand there for a whole three seconds like i must not leave your side bitch go do what i told you to do protect other people that i honestly need the protection i'm good gaius is now talking to arthur while gwen patches up arthur's hand i love when she's like sit still and he's like ow but he's still like focused on what he's doing i don't know that was just cute and domestic and he's like look the citadel is falling and we need to get the king to safety and guys is like how are we supposed to do that and i'm thinking the same thing why are you asking the fucking court position merlin finds morgana and he begs her to stop because women and children are dying she said good yeah that's 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 some cancer right there but um merlin gonna say you don't believe that merlin what is it going to take sir he says that she had or she tells him merlin i got magic i have owned this right now and uther hates me and my kind and him being destroyed is exactly what i want to do he says magic should be for good somewhere wherever the dragon is he is shaking his head and rolling his eyes (laughs) and then She's trying to tell him, like, I don't, you don't know what it's like to be ostracized and blah, 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 blah. And he keeps saying, yes, I do. But I'm not going to say anything about how I know how I'm empathizing with you. What? Shut the fuck up, Merlin. Just try to do something to actually defeat her and stop trying to save her soul. He says, we can find another way. She's like, I'm not budging. And then they start to fight. And I'm not even going to lie. I was rooting for Morgana this whole entire time. I was like, whoop his ass do it my girl got them sword skills man and she held her own i like the way she looked when she has her the sword in her hand you can tell she's been practicing once again he verbally uses magic to knock her unconscious with some bricks i don't know how that just didn't damage her whole fucking like you can tell the bricks are foam because she don't even have a battle scar the next day she come out this shit glowing before destroying the staff with the sword the bones fall Senric calls off the attack or the siege because without assistance he'd rather fail her than watch thousands of his own peeps die uther commends everyone in the court the next day for their heroic efforts and morgana is given credit for stopping the unknown traitor staring all the while at merlin like you thought Merlin then wonders later once again how can this man be so blind and I'm like how are you Merlin because you keep trying to save a hoe 
Gaia says that she is bitter and full of hate. And we don't blame her one bit. <laughs> and we have Merlin saying, nothing could ever make me that angry. And they are very cute after this moment of showing Arthur come in and demand his services that he's supposed to do. And he's like, well, maybe someone will. But this feels like an omnibus. And I'm not saying it from any type of because I'm not even remember right now what all the future episodes are usually until I start watching them uh but it feels like a bad omen right then we move on to episode three where we take a break from the reintroduction the high stakes and go to some humor with Goblin's Gold which premiered 9 25 of 2010 written by Howard Overman the creator of Misfits one of my favorite series of all time as well Directed by Jeremy Webb, I gave this episode an 8.9 out of 10. Like some of the really laugh-out-loud comedy moments, but some of the story was a little sloppy. But overall, still a good episode of Merlin. He goes to the library to fetch a book for Gaius, hits a trapdoor on the bookcase, and releases a goblin that has been trapped in said box for 50 years who now just wants to have some fun. He said, I want to party all the time, party all the time. Oh my God, why? <laughs> why? Is this song on my mind? I can't get it out of my head. Who put that on freaking Twitter? It made me start. Did y'all hear Vin Diesel's song? Sidebar. Vin Diesel got a song. It is so fucking awful. <laughs> And it's so terrible. He sounds like he's trying to get a whole other ex. Oh, just, yeah. Um. <laughs> Apparently, if you're an action star in 2020, you decide to check out life and that other career you've been thinking about every time you blazed up. Then we have the goblin trashing the place going through Morgana's jury box, trashing all of her subpar collection except for her dream bracelet. Gwen comes in and tell Merlin, like, why I always catch you in here doing weird ass shit? First you trying all her dresses, now you all up in her jury box. <laughs> he goes to Gaius and they identify that it's a goblin from the book that he very conveniently sent him to fetch in the beginning of the episode. And that goblins are mischievous and dangerous because nothing will stop them from obtaining their objective, which is gold. Arthur retrieves both of them on a sensitive matter regarding the king. And then he says, you better not laugh. And the one finger he kept up for that extra extended 30 seconds pointed at Merlin. I'm watching you, motherfucker. They go into the king's chambers and he is hiding behind a screen because all of his hair has fallen out and he is now bald. Of course, Merlin thinks everything is so funny and Gaius is like, would you stop pretending like everything that happens that's magical and negative to Uther that he won't be trying to roast someone over a spit of fire and that person always happens to be you that is responsible. So maybe you should stop laughing and we need to go trap this damn goblin. How about let's go do that? So they need go to do this. 
And another rather dumb scene that was funny, only because Bradley James made it funny. Otherwise, it was really sloppily done. Cause one, Merlin goes into the room, he grabs the gold from underneath the bed, all the whole ch- you couldn't have grabbed a few i know you needed a lot but a whole damn chest full of gold he needs to look at it for some reason and then his clumsy ass makes a whole bunch of noise and then he hides behind a chair that anyone with eyesight should be able to see now i understand it's probably lighter in this room than the scene was supposed to be like if most times in medieval uh castles ain't no damn lights there's only the fire yeah it would have been pitch dark black in there and you will not be able to see i guess if you wanted to have a stretch of my imagination to do that but for fuck's sake (laughs) it's still red very silly especially when they had arthur actually wake up but like who's there and then he had that moment of looking for his sword and then grabbing it out and then he's standing on top of the bed and he's just like who is there I know someone's there and then you have Arthur having the bed sheet fall on top of him and then he fell out the bed and he was rolling around and then he kind of went on for a little too long because I just kept thinking I hope he does not stab himself with that damn sword drop it sir and then maybe just maybe you will be able to take the damn thing off your head the goblin possesses Gaius when Merlin and he try to trap it but Merlin is not aware of this and Gaius sends him on a wild juice goose chase before trashing their house and then telling him to pick clean it up and go bugger it off to the tavern because he wants to see what he's been missing despite never been, being there this should have been the first dead giveaway Merlin but I can understand I wouldn't immediately assume not knowing what this thing is that it could actually possess someone at the tavern we see Gaius uh, arm wrestle a man for some gold after a pint and then he is drunk the next morning that belch or is that called a belch yes that sound is so foreign to me that (laughs) I'm lying I just made that sound yesterday it was not my finest moment back to Merlin he sees that his what do you you call is that his guardian i guess that's a good name for him his guardian is hungover as hell and gaia says you don't look so good yourself what's your excuse look at the mask of my boy merlin was like what he then tells him to get the hell out turns out that he stole morgana's brace healing bracelet and she comes not looking for it but asking for a sleeping drought and he tells her to count sheep like everyone else <laughs> and then she says you can't talk to me i'm the king's ward and he's like "Ooh, bitch you evil and i can see it here's your sleeping draft by felicia <laughs> he's like i want you to drink that shit give you boils and apparently gas is what i'm guessing that's what the flatulence is because he sold it to morgana or gwen as well so i'm guessing this is the the potion that caused people to fart he then goes around the entire village to scam people for the exchange of potions that there's a plague going around it'll kill you unless you take this um medicine 
and give me a gold coin he goes to gwen's grabs her face like what can i do for you she's like um excuse me sir and then <laughs> she says are you being funny when she he asked for a gold coin you never charged me before why would i be so stupid to do that i ain't gonna be that way anyway hand up that money girl you want to get some boils she's like i'm gonna get a get a coin for you oh one of my favorite scenes of oh it's still the favorite scene of the episode i believe yeah no it is is Gaia slapping the shit out of Uther's bald head was beyond hysterical. <laughs> Especially if you have headphones in, because you can just hear the. <laughs> I was like, damn! <laughs> and then he just kept doing it harder and harder. <laughs> and then the comedy continued in court because you have Uther talking to arthur who's reporting that there have been some thefts and then gwen makes a farting noise and she's like oh my god and then morgana does the same because she took the the sleeping drought and then uther who also drank some of the sleeping or the flatulent drought uh all start farting and uh making the most disgusting sounds in Arthur's face. It feels so lovely to be here tonight. What a beautiful art. Give yourselves a round of applause. You're so lovely. Everyone's so lovely. I felt so bad for him because he, he was just like, is this really happening? Like, I, I'm so embarrassed for them. I'm embarrassed for me. I'm just, and then they all ran out. Oh, it was so great. Then the goblin goes back to Merlin and be like, you know that was funny. But Merlin is crossing his hands and like, one, I know you the fucking goblin. Two, well, he already said that earlier. And then he says, that was not funny whatsoever. The goblin's like, what you gonna do about it? You can't hurt me. And then Merlin flexes his magic. And then the, the goblin's like, well, after tossing a knife at him to make his point, like oh i can hurt you but you can't hurt gaius duh why did merlin even try by throwing the knife back then because merlin has no po -po 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 poke face he gonna talk about i'm gonna do everything in my ability to make sure your coexistence with gaius ends so the goblin goes to the library gets that magical book we was looking at earlier in his language and <laughs> plans to set up Merlin. However, before he does so, the keeper of the library says, I have a pain in my leg. And he says, well, it supports that enormous gut of yours. Lose some weight, fatty. That really hurt my feelings. For the 17th time in less than a year, Merlin is once again arrested. And... <laughs> Despite him being presented to court and saying that Gaius is possessed by this goblin, he is sent to the cells. At a tavern in town, he insults Gaius, that is, Sir Leon, when they bump into each other by telling him that he's a clumsy oaf. Then he spits beer in his face. And then he demurs says he's just a drunk on band when it comes to crossing swords. And then he fills his drink with a boil potion, which is really petty. 
Merlin escapes and goes to Gwen's, who is dressed very prettily for bedtime and also ready to defend herself if necessary. Y'all ain't gonna roll up in my crib like y'all did last time. Merlin also be escaping like it's no big deal. <laughs> and when I recall the fact that uh, Gwen's dad died because he escaped, kind of some feelings about that. Arthur reports him missing to his father and guys is like you fucking incompetent and Uther lets it slide I'm like Uther come on now I love that we finally get a Merlin Gwen team up it's been long overdue and they are talking about the fact that they need to come up with a plan to force the goblin out of Gaius and that he will go back to the chambers which is perfect because he finds the book and Gwen is to talk to Arthur to try to convince him despite her being completely embarrassed by the fact that she let out a lot of gas yesterday. Merlin is still shipping the relationship and he's like he likes you you like him you still got feelings oh I'm glad this is still on the the table and she finally agrees to speak with him because you know farts or warts he will love her regardless. Arthur already has sussed it out though because he brings Gaius to him for questioning because he knows he ain't acting right and he heard some things and he immediately realizes that Gaius is lying because Gaius would never want to see Merlin executed but he is knocked out by the powers of the goblin so when Gwen comes to find him he has been turned at least his head uh has been given donkey ears and he is brain and is not happy about this but does feel a little something when Gwen pets him because she's like oh you're kind of cute but then she tells him that she and Merlin are on the case they're gonna fix it and they do work together to find out a plan and he will stay there they're going to temporarily kill Gaius to force the goblin out and then trap it in a box with lead we're gonna give him some poison and then the antidote the plan only goes slightly awry when they put the poison on the goat which was smart to get the goblin to lick it because it's always been licking goat and then it comes out but he knocks Gwen over losing the antidote but Gaius lives and Merlin is cleared and everyone is celebrating but I laughed my ass off when I saw that Arthur was still touching his ears. <laughs> He's just doing it so absently too. Like he doesn't even realize like I'm not here. <laughs> he was a donkey for a good uh, few hours at least. Gwen comes around the corner with her linens, runs into Arthur and they're like, oh, hey. So I get my Guinevere, which is always nice. And he says, well, let's uh, never speak of the events that happen. And they part ways. Happy to have put that behind them. Merlin is still whining on the field while I will say Arthur is doing some impressive sword fighting, <laughs> practicing. Whining like a bitch. Oh, I'm cleaning up the mess and I never get any credit as always. And then Gaius is like, well, since you're the one that released the damn thing, I don't think you deserve any. And you better hope that 
<laughs> it's never found out that you're the one that did release the goblin how about you take a win for once and that's how we end the episode i think there is like there uh, a huge portrayal of merlin or, or seen as a perspective of merlin that he's just this abused servant sometimes and i never really felt he was abused servant i think he was being treated like a servant like any other servant. actually he's been treated better than most servants of the time so no i never really felt that way however i could see how some people may have thought the friendship was a little unbalanced sure however merlin is also arrogant as fuck for his position he's not like gwen who knows that she's there to serve and while merlin is happy serving he also wants recognition he want he has a vanity that he can't completely ignore and i'm interested on tracking this trait and how it morphs in the next two seasons because i never really gave a whole bunch of thought of to it previously but it's very much there and it's been there for a while and now that i've seen it I, i'm i want to I, I can't wait to break down how it manifests into the fates that unfold can't say much without spoiling so that is enough then for these two episodes it's time to get into our feedback <laughs> feedback to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com you could send it via email or you could send it via audio like my girl first up queen mimi what's up christina it's mimi sending in my feedback for merlin season three episode two and three i believe um i am sorry that i'm just now sending this i have been trying to record for about 10 minutes now since i sent you that message on tumblr but my son keeps coming in here interrupting me because he ain't got no kind of manners no matter how hard I try to give him some he just barges in my room without knocking but then this is the kicker then he has the audacity to have an attitude when I walk in his room without knocking like so why do you deserve privacy but I don't and I'm the one around here paying bills I don't get it anyway um here's my feedback um let's start with um episode two i didn't write down the titles but this one was basically um the second part of the attack on camelot um i do have a question though so like i feel like morgana really developed her like sorcery skills because she had more ghosts but now it seems like the dragon and merlin like what the dragon has to like help out merlin like would the dragon be able to give him pointers on how to use magic because apparently the dragon has some magic of his own i didn't know that till he said it like that's pretty cool i don't know i don't know if it works like that now since the dragon probably just be roaming free and if he in the area he can come help Merlin but he doesn't seem to want to be around Camelot not that I can blame him so I'm just curious to know because I feel like I don't know exactly what Gaius's purpose is other than to be someone who is like a father figure to Merlin but he don't give that fool no kind of help 
all he say is hide your gift like he could have done that at home with his mom why isn't anybody trying to help him hone his skills someone needs to i don't know how he's supposed to be the greatest sorcerer in the world if nobody's giving him any pointers it sounds like he know little parlor tricks but when it comes to his life being in danger he don't really have the skills like morgana or margos does anyway um the other part of this i mean i can't tell i have no idea but camelot isn't that big am i correct like it can't be that big because it looked like there was a lot of soldiers. I know they said it was like 20,000 more, but it looked like it was like hundreds of thousands of those soldiers. And I just don't understand why they retreated. Even when the Bones, you know, soldiers decided to like, you know, they, I guess they didn't decide, but they were like, the magic was disrupted. So they didn't work anymore. Even still, like they had the castle surrounded. And I mean, I can't tell. I know, you know, this is television, but it looked like Camelot got like six knights. I'm sure they have a knight squad, but they they cannot have as many soldiers as I saw that um, the other king has. Like he looked like he was marching with a lot of reinforcement, like a whole lot. So I just I don't. I guess I don't really understand how big Camelot is supposed to be. And I know it's supposed to be like the best. They have the best knights ever. And no one's ever been able to get inside of the castle. I mean, I feel like they had a pretty good chance considering how many it was. And I know back in the day, that's how wars were won. That's how people were intimidated when you had a like a very large army. And, you know, it looked like his army was very large. So, anyway. Um, the other thing I said, when um, Arthur, I guess he had to take over for Uther because Uther was recovering at this point. But when they were marching and, you know, one of the, the I guess, one of the knights were, were like, yeah, well, we're outnumbered two to one. And then Gaius was like, well... You know, maybe it's something that we can offer them, you know, some type of I'm assuming some type of compromise or something we can give them to either buy us some time or maybe even make them go away. And Arthur was like, we can't give them anything. It shows weakness. I'm like, Arthur, dude, do you hear yourself? You know what else shows weakness when you dead being dead? That shows a lot of weakness. And I don't understand what you think is going to happen when they march on you and you lose i don't understand how that's more weak than offering something or even seeing what they want like i i I know they were at war with you guys anyway but it wouldn't hurt to figure out what they wanted or if there was something you could give them that they didn't have anyway um and then the merlin and gwen thing that was uh hold on trying to figure out how to word this but when Gwen talked to Arthur and when Merlin talked to Arthur it sounded like they said the same thing you know like you need to trust yourself you 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 are a great you're going to be a great king and you have great instincts so just trust yourself and I don't know why but that really stood out to me 
that they both believe in him and he looked like he really took the what they said to heart especially once like when Gwen said it he was all hard eyes but then when Merlin said it I don't know if it was because after Gwen had said it he he you know felt all soft because both of them believed in him I'm not sure but that moment was really cute one of the things in this episode that I really did not understand was why did no one try to like I understand you can't tell Uther that it's Morgana like for for one he's clearly he was recovering from being out of his gourd like he was losing his mind I get it and right now he just needs to be needs to rest because he's not at a hundred percent um but why didn't anybody try and like I don't know cast a spell knock her out lock her up like they just let her roam free knowing she's literally helping these people that are attacking the castle and she's inside so I don't understand why they didn't think to like you know be in the offense and not wait for something her to do something like we know it's her we know she's helping them let's try and on our own figure out a way to get her to not make this worse like just let her roam free like I understand like Merlin had other things he was trying to protect Arthur but Gaius like what are you there for you just gonna follow her and give her the like I know what you do in eyeballs no like do something I don't understand I I really don't like I'm not saying to bash your head in and throw in the dungeon I'm just saying like somehow maybe lock her in a room or you know come up with some type of sleeping potion and knock her out I don't know Gaius, you're the, you're the physician. You could have came up with something. Shoot. Don't they have, like, potions that make people almost dead? Like, sedate her. Something. Damn. I just, that whole letting her just roam free really got on my nerve. Um, I don't know. And then when she did go into the crypt and she, like, cast that spell with, the, you know, the the wand and then all the bones came alive and they were soldiers and I'm like thinking like in castles I know with royalty the only people that they kept like in crypts that would be in the castle would be uh, like their ancestors right so did she go down to that crypt and unleash these like the the Camelot royal ancestors of Uther and Arthur Pendragon to just go destroy them so you go down to the crypt get the bones of their ancestors and then get them bones to just start fighting people like that's some evil shit it's all i'm saying that's pretty messed up that's his family and you just got them bones just wreaking havoc that's a like a dick move personally i will say i was extremely proud of of merlin because even though he be acting dumb and dizzy and he be love to just be doing his magic out in the open without any kind of protection or hiding behind something or you know learning how to do spells in his head he did not tell Morgana that he had magic and I and I don't know why but I assume that he's like I do understand because I have magic too and I'm like thinking please don't tell her please don't tell her and he didn't and I was really proud like no matter what he know he ain't that stupid like at least he know who he can and cannot trust. I feel like I'm always waiting for him to try his luck with Arthur to tell him, even like to give him like baby steps to be like, you know, I know how to do this just to see. Um, I don't know if that's one of those things that 
is ever going to change if he I mean I know in the version that I've seen um Arthur does know that Merlin has magic but I don't know if that's after Uther's dead I mean I wouldn't risk it but after the conversation he has with Morgana I feel like he feels like him and Arthur are close enough that maybe he could get away with telling it I wouldn't risk it until Uther's dead but you know Merlin ain't the ain't the smartest he's not the brightest crayon in the box so I don't know but at least he's not dumb enough to tell Morgana that he has magic so I was pretty proud of him and my final point during this episode was I don't understand how Morgana is a better fighter than Merlin like they did not teach women how to fight back then and if you did get taught that that was absolutely unusual women weren't knights I don't even know if women could be knights but they didn't fight and even if they did fight they would be forced to wear those dresses like I remember seeing a documentary and I don't know I was watching it because I'm not like you Christina I do not like history history is boring as hell I think it was in fashion class or something it was something I had to watch that I was watching and it was about the way women were dressed like they had so many layers like it the royalty had to have servants help them get dressed because it was so much like they had like like a night slip and then like like a corset it was so many different layers there's no way you could you could couldn't even breathe in that crap let alone fight so even if they did for some reason teach Morgana how to fight she would have had to learn in them clothes in a dress which is heavy and she would have probably passed out a couple times for lack of oxygen so there is no way Merlin should be a worse fighter than her like I was disgusted like how is she kicking your ass and you had to like break the ceiling on her head to win like how I know you're not a fighter but neither is she and she like whooped your ass like how seriously you're embarrassing yourself ugh um, I will say I, I mean this episode wasn't wasn't that bad I mean I feel like it did kind of drag out it was a little longer than I I felt like it was long it was only I think it was only like 50 minutes but it just felt long and I thought the season opener was way more interesting um, I do like how <laughs> Morgana like turned the tides and now she looked like she the hero and Morgos got away so we'll get that throughout the season that'll be interesting um but um I wish we had some type of other resolution because I like I said from the beginning I don't understand how the king decided to retreat because he didn't want thousands to die first of all when you go in into battle you know thousands of people are going to die so he knew that from the beginning you think the Camelot knights are just going to put their sword down and let you walk in the castle no they're going to fight so he him saying I'd rather not have thousands like you knew that going in and I feel like they were winning there. It just looked like in comparison to the Camelot Knights. And, you know, I understand like there was like they had to go through people. So there was a lot of actual casualties that weren't Knights, but it looked like they had way more people. So I feel like they would have won. So I don't know. The ending just seemed a little far fetched because I don't think that they were losing. But it does leave opening space for you know the rest of the season so I'm excited about that um and just for the record I like the show Lucifer but I've never thought Lucifer was attractive the guy who plays him Tom Ellis like he I mean long hair or not he looks weird I don't like British men though I don't know if he's British he sounds like he's British 
Um, not saying I don't like them, but I mean, I, I have a thing for like, apparently I like Australian dudes named Luke because um, there's a guy from um, Five Seconds of Summer. His name's Luke. He's Australian. Super fine. And then, of course, Luke Arnold is my boo thing for black sales. And he's Australian and he could get it, too. Um, but I don't think he's cute. He's really, really pale looking. I don't know. His features are weird. I mean, I think he looks the same with short or long hair personally um but I do hope I see him again because like I know the actor from Lucifer and I think he's a pretty good actor so I think he'll bring something nice to the cast um so on to season or I'm sorry episode three um I thought this was episode was funny it, it did what it needed to do I always like like how they throw in a little humor like a a funny episode not anything serious um the actor that played guy is I thought he did a really good job because he was completely different from himself that was funny you could tell the moment the goblin decided to take over because he did act different and that was funny and I don't know why this show loves farting but like they do it way too much this though I will say worked because it made it made poor Gwen so embarrassed like when she did it like the face she made and she looked right at Arthur I was like oh my god that is <laughs> that is so cute she is so mortified um, I just I guess you know you know if you're a lady not supposed to do it in front of a guy you like I would hope that these women are allowed to fart in front of their husbands because that's a really crappy life to just be holding in all kinds of gas for the rest of your life terrible but she was so embarrassed and then when he became the donkey and she like rubbed behind his ear he was so embarrassed too it was that was super cute I love how she went to Merlin and she was like oh my god he looks so so pitiful <laughs> she really looked like oh my poor baby I'm so embarrassed but now we could be embarrassed together and I I think I think both of those things aren't terrible, but I could see how they could be mortified. Because when you got a crush on someone, you don't want them to see you in such a predicament. And farting and turning, being turned into a donkey are two pretty embarrassing things. Um, the one thing that I, I don't know, it really, it was just really strange. Like I don't know if that was their intention or if it just, you know, that's where my mind goes. But whenever the goblin, whether he was in Gaius or he was like in real like the, you know, graphic form, whenever he found gold, he just sounded so raunchy like he was having an orgasm and it grossed me out. It's like they can't like find a way to like portray that you like something or love something a little bit without all these sexual sounding moans like they were really gross and Gaius licking it. Ugh, I was like, I'm gonna need y'all to stop getting close up to that because I'm gonna throw up in my mouth it was just nasty and then when the, when the goblin when he was pretending to be Gaius or he possessed Gaius and he was uh putting that like I don't know that ointment or the cure or whatever on uh Uther's head and slapping him I was dying that was so funny he was like is the slapping necessary he was like don't you want your hair back and he just Uther just sat there and he slapping his head so funny upside the head like hard I could not stop laughing like I was trying to like compose myself so I could pay attention but it that was hilarious it was really funny 
I'm trying to think if there are any other moments. I feel like I've talked a lot already. This is way over 10 minutes. I mean, but granted, these are two different episodes. So technically, I feel like I should get 20, but I'm not going to go on that long. Um, I think that was really all I had. For the most part, that episode was entertaining. It wasn't um, something that I would like, you know, go Google over. But it was for what it was. It was pretty funny. I liked it. Um, it was entertaining enough. It wasn't one of my favorites, but it wasn't. It was funny, and I was entertained. So there's that. I do hope, you know, in these upcoming seas- uh, episodes in season three, that um, I don't know if there will be any ever even, you know, possible. That Merlin can be trained on how to be a wizard. But I feel like there's so much magic that he does not know. Um, And I don't know that even Gaius could teach him. But it would be nice for someone to. You know, because at this point, the way that it's going between, you know, him battling Morgana and Morgos, he's going to lose. Because he's not that good of a sorceress. And they are. You know, especially Morgos, like if they go head to head, there's no way that Merlin could beat her. Like, absolutely. He couldn't even get out of her like chains. And I'm assuming she has some type of magic that used it, but he couldn't get out of it. And she I don't think she knows that he has magic. I feel like honestly, she probably suspects because of just the way he acts. I think she, you know, is smart enough to put together like, why would she he always put himself in Arthur's path? Like, when they go to battle, no matter what, he must have magic. Or maybe she suspects that he, you know, something is protecting him. I'm not sure. But I really think that Morgos thinks, knows something about Merlin. I don't know that she told Morgana her suspicion. But I personally think she does. Because it looked like those chains from episode one were, like, um, repelling his magic. So he must have not been strong enough to break through her magic that's just my own personal opinion so anyway let me cut this off because it's already gone on for a long time so um until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out that is queen mimi with her thoughts on the last two episodes so can merlin get help from the great dragon it would be nice but i think the great dragon has done all he can it's been two years he has tried with this child he told her or told him what he needed to do he said kill the bitch he said the druid killed kid kill the bitch <laughs> he is giving merlin guidance guidance uh merlin don't listen so now he off populating his uh species or whatever the fuck he's doing and hiding he got other things he's got on his plate merlin is on his own now and it, the fact that you're saying Gaius is useless is exactly what I've been saying forever but the whole point of Merlin's mom dropping him off to Gaius is because he had uh, knowledge of magic and yet we have never seen him other than giving him a book shown him teaching Merlin any magic so yeah uh, regarding the Camelot siege so the thing about sieges is they're long because the first thing you said was why when they it looked like they were at the advantage that Sinred would take his men away so the big the big reason why he was choosing to attack Camelot in the first place is because he thought more ghosts could take 
care of the citadel that's a huge problem it doesn't matter how many men you have if you can hunker down you can outlast your opponent it, it, and i think when they said it three to one so if he had twenty five thousand, then uh, whether we saw it on the screen or not and i agree we didn't see it on the screen we just didn't um that camelot had somewhere around 8500 knights in their army and Sindrid had 25,000 but Camelot still had the advantage because they grabbed every like he went to the village and he captured the village but he didn't actually kill anyone because uh, he Arthur had made sure all of the villages were inside the castle walls uh, and then he got all the provisions so if you can outlast your opponent that's all you need to do you don't have to worry about fighting so offensively and all you have to do is keep them from breaching and there was really no possibility of breaching without Murgos's plan to have them attacked from the inside as well because that's where they were the most secure with that falling apart Sinred has really no option after that he can keep fighting and I agree it did quote-unquote look like he was winning but all he was doing was setting the battlements on fire and pushing his men up against a brick wall but that brick wall is still gonna look like that brick wall you can cut down all the men up against the brick wall the brick wall still is the is the is the goal and if you can't get through it you can't get through it and if they're stuck in there holding there and they got provisions for say which they didn't say a number but say six months all they have to do is wait it out and then it's the people outside that has to deal with the winter has to deal with getting themselves supplied they don't know the area you know they typically would burn out the villages or everything there was nothing livestock for them to take so they weren't provisioned this was a very good tactic that most people in that time would have used and it is the the citadel is the main guarding point of camelot it is the stronghold that keeps it one of the most protected kingdoms in the in the land and that's why sinred pulled back because he's like i can't take that i can't take the citadel and all i'm going to do is keep sending my men to try and then they're just going to get cut down because <laughs> eventually they're going to get exhausted and this is a pointless effort and so I, I saw exactly why he decided to roll off now the second viewing of tom ellis in the long hair yeah i was out so <laughs> we're on the same page there um as far as will we see sinred again maybe maybe we won't um what else did you mention you were saying how many people are like camelot cannot be that big uh i think it's that big because they said that it was nine thousand people that already had been given safe um home in camelot in the uh in the castle so if it's nine thousand people and more people are coming that's a that's a huge ass fucking town um merlin and gwen saying the same thing i actually uh covered this in the recap because you're right they're both giving him sort of the pep talk but they do it in two different ways that is more successful than the other merlin's you know merlin kind of takes it upon himself to insert that he himself will do something to protect arthur 
and he says you know you're doing a good job but it's also it's almost like someone who has to pacify you versus someone who truly believes in you and while he knows Merlin is his ride or die will be his best friend uh, that they have that relationship he also knows that Merlin is never going to make him feel bad and he's also never going to give him what Gwen did was basically get out of your own fucking head do what you need to do and the way like I said I just think the delivery was different from the two different people the closest people in his life uh as far as why was Morgana not guarded only two people know Morgana is shady and she has the highest authority next to Arthur when it comes to Camelot with that type of um authority and that trust you're not going to take the word of a servant or a physician on top of the ward it's why she continues to tell Merlin yeah you can go say it all you want to but is he going to believe you and even if he does believe you will he accept that reasoning which is what they've been going back and forth again and again um you know Uther's not stupid he knows that he has a rat in his nest and he knows that even if it's not exactly Morgana she might possibly there's a possibility it's her and she definitely might definitely or I just said way too many words that were the same will be involved she's likely to be involved in some way her whole story all leads up to it however no one is going to question the king and he's never going to believe with unless he sees it with his own fucking eyes that Morgana has done something now Morgana as far as why doesn't anyone do anything physically like poison her that's exactly what Merlin did and she's holding it over him as blackmail because if they you can't touch her she is in some way untouchable as far as what Gaius could have done he ain't gonna do shit <laughs> I mean, look how many times Merlin and Gaius have been fucking arrested um and that is just on a fucking goblin in the last episode imagine if the ward was like okay prove your case and you ain't got nothing for him that it's a, it's a folly to think you can do much for about Morgana right now because she still has that ear of the king and as long as that remains it, it's it's rather a you have to fight her in the shadows so when you said Morgana fighting actually this is probably stemming from season one that you did not watch all of so I understand you not knowing this particular part that Morgana is actually a very capable fighter not only was she raised by a general before she became the ward and this general was like the best general in Camelot it's one of the people uh, it's one of Uther's best friends uh, they both basically defeated all the armies like if you had to pick oh damn you never watch Vikings um he would be like you have every back then in Britannia everyone had their kingdoms like you could have several kings but there usually was one that was more predominant than everyone else that would be Camelot and Uther and his success from that and then like I said you had Morgana raised in that environment and she was given she was not treated like a pampered princess she was very much given uh more than yeah as you said 
most women would be given and there were women that that yeah had to dress in those petticoats but there also were women who just wore pants uh um i believe joan of arc in the 14th century was notorious for doing that she wore uh, actual pants when she went into battle fighting with a sword and she was a fucking uh shepherdess so yeah she was and she used to fight with arthur they taught her that like arthur mentioned in season one too like they they grew up learning to fight and combat so she no she's been holding her own for a minute uh then we saw that episode last season where you know she got captured by that group of bandits that uh, in the lancelot arthur episode or lancelot not arthur gwen episode you saw she can hold that, that sword very capably she's always been able to hold her own and i thought that was a really great trait between the sisters that you do have women in this show that can fight and they also can do magic and i think that's all i i need to say about that part uh so yeah no she would have whooped merlin's ass merlin is not even a little bit trained not even tiny bit it's every time he picks up a sword and he's even half capable i'm wondering how did that happen because yes while there is a through line with morgana and her learning to fight with a sword there is not one with merlin and him learning to fight with a sword ever we ain't even seen arthur play fight with a lesson on (laughs) and then uh what else did she say oh about arthur or about merlin telling arthur that's another season one moment there was a time he thought so and then it 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 was uh it was when he went back to his home village and they were really getting close and sharing moments it was the first time that arthur really said you know you're my friend you're not just a servant because he really went there just to defend his mama and his people against his father's wishes and this is also another time that morgana when she was still on team good guys went with them and she did the same thing like she said the women in this village should fight and i can teach them like you taught me so yeah no that was a huge through line that morgana could handle her own and then during that same episode he was about to tell (laughs) arthur and then he saw arthur's reaction arthur is less against magic than his father but he still has been raised to not believe in magic and then last season remember Margot tricked him or merlin told him that Margot tricked him and now arthur has while still not as feverant as his father he has a negative outlook on magic that yeah it is actually all evil because he's never seen it do good and since then he's only seen it not do great so I don't know if it's a more comfortable conversation to be it's safe for Arthur or Merlin I should say at any point right now to be like I'm gonna tell Arthur that's you know <laughs> it's uh he's a good guy but yeah he's been positioned by Merlin himself to side-eye the idea of accepting anyone magical and I think we've covered everything on Mimi's feedback let's get on to queen shy hello christina i am back to talk about merlin 
and I must say I actually enjoyed these two episodes for different reasons. Um, episode two, um, I loved all the action, the drama, um, and you know everything about it. I felt it was a good balance. And episode three, um, I don't know if it was the mood I'm in. Um, I was in need of a good laugh after the long week that I've had. But I, this episode just had me dying um, pretty much the whole time. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. I needed a good laugh. And this definitely, that episode at least definitely gave it to me. So great on that end. But I will break it down by episode. So we'll talk about episode two first. Like I said, I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, I actually took some notes. Um, I think you might hear you know, me rattling paper. I think I heard that one time in one of your podcasts. That was me looking at my notes. Anyway, I wrote down how Arthur just bust in there looking for Merlin and, you know, guys tells him, oh, I haven't seen Merlin. Merlin's missing. And I'm like, <laughs> Arthur, I tell you, man, sometimes I wonder about that dude. Instead of, you know, getting worried and concerned that no one's heard from Merlin or something could have happened to Merlin, he just busts, you know, leaves upset, you know, instead of having any type of concern. Like, okay, Arthur. Um, I also put Mar- uh, Morgana, she just, just don't give a damn no more. I mean, she's she's full on um, um, evil, um, all about, you know, Uther and Camelot's demise and whatever it takes to make that happen, it's, I'm on board with it. We see that Uther is still in the throes of his delusions or his visions and I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I really don't feel sorry for Uther. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm supposed to, um, but I don't. You know, I think it's um, a part of me feels like good for him that he's being haunted by his past and the things he's done in his past. So, I mean, yeah. So, oh well. I, that's my attitude about it. So, I love what the dragon said about um, comparing um, auth- um, author Merlin and Morgana, uh, how she's the darkness to his light. So, um, that's going to be intriguing as this story um, progresses, how um, because he didn't do what he was supposed to do or he should have done earlier um, in ridding himself of Morgana, that their futures are now intertwined. And so I look forward to seeing what all that means. Um, Yeah, and we got to see Merlin again, you know, apologizing and telling the dragon that he was right in what he said in the previous seasons about what he should have done. But, you know, hindsight's 2020. So all we could do is move forward now. You know, it is what it is. Morgana's where she's at. You know, the darkness has overtaken her, so we'll see where this path leads them all. And I will say that, you know, 
the Morgana, I'm like, I'm so torn. I mean, I actually, and I agree with what you and Mimi said um, in your previous podcast. I mean, I like this version of Morgana. I mean, she's a badass. I mean, she's, you know, in this episode, she's, you know, wielding the sword and fighting Merlin um, with the, you know, in the uh, vault. Is that where they were? I mean, damn. I mean, I'm on board with this Morgana. It's like, it's like I love her and I can't stand her at the same time, which is good. I mean, that's a good thing, you know, when a villain can, you know, can uh, get those emotions out of you. Um, and thankfully, the smirking wasn't so bad in this episode because, yeah, she kind of went overboard with it in the last episode that I couldn't help but point it out. But uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit more toned down this episode. So thank you for that. I love the scene with Arthur and Merlin before he goes out to battle. That was such a touching scene. You know, Merlin talking about, you know, how he's going to protect him. And of course, you know, and, you know, obviously Arthur is going to look at him sideways about that. And also, you know, Merlin talking about, you know, how he has faith in him, how it's his destiny to be a great king. I know that Arthur was touched by that. And so, you know, you could tell by the way his demeanor and the look on his face and how he, you know, talked about how sometimes Merlin has this wisdom about him. So he was kind of marveling at, you know, the faith that um, Merlin has in him. And I also love the scene between him and Gwen because she pretty much... um you know, had the same, you know, did the same thing, you know, letting him know that she believed in him, that, you know, don't doubt himself, just giving him that pep talk. And then, of course, the touch of the arm and then him putting his hand over hers. That was very, very swoon worthy. Of course, we can't have a battle scene without Arthur fussing at Merlin for looking like he may be doing nothing. Um, so, yes, I'm beginning to think that's just a running joke, you know, pretty much like Iris on The Flash when it comes to her cooking. That's just something that, you know, we're just going to see maybe throughout the duration of the series. So I'm just resigning myself to that's just their banter. That's just how they, you know, feed off of each other. So that's just their thing. But yeah, Morgana was really prepared to um, kill Merlin. I mean, she wasn't playing around. Like I said, you know, she was really badass in this episode. And her sword, you know, skills with her and um, Merlin were battling was um, pretty good. That was a pretty good scene. So, yeah, um, we saw the, you know, rising of the dead soldiers again to, you know, battle it out with the uh, Camelot Knights and um yeah that was a like i said i like the i like this whole episode i like the battle scenes um everything just played off of each other very well so kudos to them for this one i thoroughly enjoyed episode two now now on to episode three and like i said this one was a good comic relief type episode after the heavy fight episode of um um two we got uh this one about Gaius being um possessed by a goblin and all the chaos that ensued from that 
Um, of course, as usual, Merlin is the one that gets them all in this predicament in the first place. It wouldn't be an episode without it, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's the mood I'm in um, while watching it or I don't know. But the humor just worked for me in this episode. I, again, was laughing. I don't know if it's because it was Gaius that, you know, the goblin had possessed. And, you know, we got to see everything, you know, through the mannerism of Gaius, but not Gaius. That made it extra funny. Um, but, yes, I was dying this whole episode between the Uther ball-headedness and hiding behind the uh, screen um, to Arthur being turned into a donkey um, to uh, Gwen, uh, Morgana, and Uther farting up a storm in the council, you know, trying to hide that. The look on Arthur's face as he's trying to um, maintain his bearing while all this is going on. Poor Gwen. She was so embarrassed. She didn't even want to face Arthur after that scene, um, which I don't blame her. I mean, that, yeah, that's, uh, I didn't even, this time around because you know we've had the the farting before um but I didn't mind too much in this one because it was just pertaining to that one scene it wasn't constant you know that um passing of the gas um so it worked for me in this episode I don't know because it was um these particular characters I don't know it just worked for me I was dying and I do mean dying when Gaius um, slash Goblin uh, was given um, Uther the supposed cure to his baldness. <laughs> and he um, was slapping Uther's um, bald head and talking about this is part of the uh, the uh, remedy to get his hair back. That he has to uh, was it rejuvenate or recirculate his the growing of his hair by slapping his head around oh my gosh I could not stop laughing at that part of course we got um author doing his usual sleeping through stuff um while Merlin stealing the coins and then Merlin uh having the drapery of his bed falling on him um that was a cute scene I mean I'm I'm just not gonna mention about the um Yes, how they sometimes make authors so oblivious. Of course, I was yelling at Merlin, like, go already, Merlin. What you do is sitting there um, staring at author as he's like stumbling and fumbling um, with the uh, drapery of his bed. I'm like, this is the time to leave. Goodbye. Instead of sitting there. Um, anyway, you know, Merlin, you know, we all know Merlin could be so extra sometimes. I like how we got to see Arthur, you know, using his brains, his intelligence and figuring out that something's not quite right with Gaius and getting that scene with him, you know, talking about, you know, Merlin's execution and, of course, the uh, goblin not knowing when to shut his mouth and not knowing that he's taking things too far um, ended up um, showing his hand. Unfortunately, he ended up knocking Arthur out, but at the same time, you know, Arthur did um, suspect something. Um, well, it started out in the hall or the great hall, whatever it's called. And then he, um, yeah, took it to his chambers where he confirmed that 
yeah, this is, you know, what Merlin was saying was on point. And I also like the fact that when they were talking about executing um, Merlin, you could tell that Arthur was upset by that. So he wasn't on board with, you know, his dad doing that. Um, but of course, he wasn't going to just out and out say that in front of everybody. All in all, I enjoyed both these episodes for different reasons. Like I said, um, I really enjoyed um, episode two um, because of the action and it's just a good balance of, um, you know, all of that. Um, and episode three was a good comic relief. I think I was in need of that type of episode. Um, so yeah, it worked for me. Uh, I loved all the author and Gwen moments that we got in both episodes. So that was lovely to see. Um, I look forward to seeing more of that and more of what Morgana is planning next, her and Morgos. So that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for these two. And, um, I will leave it at that. So until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, shy. I love that we all thoroughly enjoyed Luther having, Uther, not Luther, having his head slapped many times. I think that definitely was the, the scene stealer of Goblin's Gold. Looks like we had some of the same thoughts and feelings about the episodes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> one part where you're like guys don't give a shit or Arthur don't give a shit about God. he can bust in a room being like where the hell is my servant that's supposed to actually be doing his job that never seems to ever be doing his job he already he disappeared off he ain't supposed to do that without permission <laughs> so yeah the, again he, he really and he didn't even get punished for his actions guy has definitely should have been more concerned because he's an actual guardian and yeah arthur can bust in and be like why is this servant not doing what he's supposed to do he ain't gonna be worried why he gotta be worried at first <laughs> besides merlin has done this so many times it is definitely more likely that he is fucking off somewhere than he is in actual danger but this in this case he really was um but yeah, I think everything else, we were on a pretty much the same page. So that is going to wrap up our feedback for this week. If you want to again send feedback for the next episode, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast, Black Girl Couch Reviews, on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review, and rate the podcast. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.